This is a GRDC podcast. Early in the 2019 winter cropping season, everyone of course is hoping for the best when it comes to rain, but it's still unclear how things might pan out across the season. But one thing is certain, and that is the season will throw up its own mix of challenges around climate and also crop disease. I caught up with senior research scientist in plant pathology with Agriculture Victoria, Grant Holloway, along with his colleague, research scientist Joshua Fanning, to talk about disease risk to cereals and pulses in 2019. Now, perhaps a little surprisingly, despite 2018 being a very dry year, cereal foliar diseases were still active last year, as Grant explained. Yeah, even though it was a dry season, we still see a fair bit of disease around the place. And you know, we did measure yield losses in some of our trials last year. And that's particularly where there was a lot of inoculum present and susceptible varieties were being grown. Is that inoculum still around? Particularly stubble-borne diseases, there will be a lot of inoculum carryover. And that's because with the stubble-borne diseases, when we get a drier season, we get less stubble breakdown therefore we get more carryover of the inoculum. So often we can have a higher risk of stubble-borne diseases following a dry year than what we get following some other years. So Joshua, let's bring you in here. What about pulses in terms of 2018 and coming into 2019? It's a similar situation in pulses. The stubble-borne diseases will be in the same situation as cereals and two examples of that, Ascochyta blight and chickpeas, was fairly prevalent last year and we saw significant yield losses in our trials both at Horsham and Curio and bacterial blight was fairly common in field peas in the Wimmera and so both of those are carried over in the stubble to the following year. So this year we could see those diseases come back without that stubble breakdown and a proactive disease management plan in place for this year. So Grant, what can we expect in 2019? Let's have a look at the two scenarios. What if it's another dry year this year? Heaven forbid. Well we're hoping that it isn't another dry year but When it comes to disease management, we really need to keep all options open and be prepared for a worst-case scenario. And a good example of this was 2016. Now, this came out of a dry season in 2015, and the way that the season in 2016 ended up is that we had situations with fungicide supply issues, lots of disease issues, and there were situations where there was complete crop lost due to disease where there was an inability to get fungicides out in a timely fashion but typically we were measuring yield losses uh, greater than 20% where fungicides weren't applied. Yeah I I actually do remember that there was a lot of trouble there. Did that catch farmers by surprise? Yeah in some cases it was a surprise for people because we'd come out of a couple of drier years and the outcome of when you have a couple of drier years is that there tends to be some complacency around disease management because there would have been cases in 2015 where people had applied fungicides and put in place disease control strategies and there was really no economic return from doing that. So having spent some money, not got a return the next year, it'd be, well, we won't make that same mistake again. But we really have to adjust our disease management strategies based on the conditions that are present at the time. Okay, so we're into the seeding months right now. A lot of the decisions will have been made already. What's the next step for uh, growers, Joshua, who are planting pulses? What should they be thinking in terms of disease management from here on in? 
So it's having that plan in place and ensuring you've got access to the fungicides that are required to control the diseases in the pulse crops you are growing and just making sure that you only put them out if it is economically important and viable for your situation. So it's keeping in mind the current weather conditions, the current seasonal forecast, but having that access or a plan in place to be able to get access to the required chemicals at the times that you require them. And with that pre-planning, it should make things a lot easier later in the season. Both of you have got here uh, disease guides for 2019. Tell me about them, Grant. So Agriculture Victoria releases a serial disease guide and a pulse disease guide in February each year. And these guides provide the latest ratings for all the important serial and pulse varieties grown in Victoria. So now's an opportune time for growers to have a look at the, the varieties that they're currently planting and see how they perform to the important diseases in their area so that they can then understand the risks associated with those varieties based on their reaction to disease and then develop the necessary plans that may need to be put in place if conditions are suitable for disease. Is there one disease that sort of stands out that even at this early stage give a bit of a heads up to it? It's really going to depend on the risk in each paddock. So when we're talking about foliar diseases in cereals, we can really group them into two categories. There's the rusts and then there's the stubble-borne diseases. So talking about rust, the rust diseases are not stubble-borne. They only survive from one season to the next on living plant material. Mm. So we see rust seasons are those that follow wet summers. When we have wet summers, we have lots of volunteer cereals growing, which enable the rust to survive from one season to the next. So given the summer that we've just had, you know, there are places where there will be some volunteers growing, but overall the volunteers have been well controlled or not grown at all. So we wouldn't ignore the risk from rust, but in general we're not particularly concerned at this stage about the likelihood for rust going into this season. But isn't rust one of those diseases that's kind of really highly contagious, that it just basically takes one crop for it to spread pretty quickly? Yes, it can uh, build up very quickly particularly where there's highly susceptible varieties being grown. So that's why it's important that growers have a look at their varieties in the current serial disease guide and understand which ones are highly susceptible. And they're the ones that will need closer monitoring because that's where we'll first see rust. Or if rust is reported in the area, they're the varieties that need to get the most consideration around some disease control during the season. So that's how you'd use this guide, looking at your variety, looking at your situation and basically prioritising your monitoring. Yeah, that's right. It enables you to prioritise where you should be focusing your monitoring time and also being aware of what's happening in, in the region as well. So if you start to hear reports of rust in neighbours or you know, even further away, rust spreads a long distance, that means you need to get out and start monitoring. So Joshua, what about pulses then in terms of risk of disease this year and how should growers go about knowing just where they are with what they're planting? So this year, without knowing what the seasonal outlook looks like, it's a pretty standard season approach that we'd take. It's about knowing your rating and developing that plan based on your rating. And probably something that should be mentioned is in these disease guides there has been a change in rating. So for faber beans, for ascochyta blight, the pathotype 2 of ascochyta blight, has made a few varieties more susceptible to the disease, that being found widespread within Victoria. So the varieties Farah, PBA Zara, PBA Rana and the new variety PBA Marn 
are more susceptible to the pathotype 2 of ascochyta blight. So growers need to be aware of these changes in the ratings or that rating being downgraded for those varieties if they're growing them in Victoria because of that pathotype 2 that's widespread now. Grant, have there been any changes to ratings in cereals? No changes of significance in terms of the ratings for cereals. There is always uh, small changes that happen as we get better data, we're able to provide better ratings. To sum up then, Grant, what's your key message, I suppose, for growers? Right at this stage of the year, getting into the tractors, seeding coming up or have started, what are you saying to them? Key message for growers is that even though we had a dry year last year and diseases in general weren't as important, the message for this year is don't be complacent and make sure you've got a plan put in place around disease management and then adjust that plan as needed depending on how the season progresses. And uh, importantly, where can they get hold of these guides? The guides are available on Agriculture Victoria's website. Basically search Pulse Disease Guide 2019 Victoria or Serial Disease Guide 2019 Victoria. Dr Grant Holloway from Agriculture Victoria and with Grant was Dr Joshua Fanning also from Agriculture Victoria based at Horsham and for your convenience we've put links to those disease guides in the story notes accompanying this podcast. Mm-hmm.